Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3Cast. I am Brian, with me as always are Vince and Zach. So when we went to our uh, crisis format, we promised we'd do an episode or two now and then talking about new DC Comics, and then a pandemic hit, and so we haven't done that just yet. And So here we are, though. We're going to be covering a fair amount of DC books from the last few months. Um, Vince, you... I think do the best job of the three of us of keeping current with everything. So what was it about these books that you felt was worth discussing just like on a macro sense? Uh, well, I, first of all, with the bat books, there's a real sense at DC right now that the bat books are the thing that matters outside of, uh, Snyder stuff outside of death metal. And, you know, fair or not, it's not that there's not other, like, great books being published, of course, but, like, as far as, like, what's newsworthy or discussion-worthy, DC has just decided that, like, the bad books are all that really matters. And to a lesser extent, I guess, the Bendis books, too, which is why there's a couple Bendis books that we're going to talk about, too. But um, outside of that, everything else is is either um, a standalone or, like, a mini series or Black Label or very clearly winding down or stalling for time. I guess um, The Flash is the other exception, but I think we'll probably talk about that when it gets to Williamson's last arc, I think. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll definitely cover that. But, but he, And even that, like, it definitely matters. It's definitely a big event that's going on at DC, but it is very disconnected from this other stuff. Um, I think, whereas, whereas this stuff kind of the, the, the Batman stuff, the Joker war stuff is going to be going on concurrently with death metal and the Bendis stuff for reasons we'll talk about feels like it may be knock on wood, setting up some things concurrently with death metal or even after death metal. So yes. anyway, we'll get to that, but that's why I picked these books. Um, they, we're going to talk about Catwoman, but just Ram Ram V's uh, story because he's starting a, a run on Catwoman and the green lantern 80th anniversary issue, because there's one, one story, story yeah. one story in particular that, that also feels like it could be important to DC's future. So with that said, we're starting with the Bat Books? Yeah, we're starting with the Bat Books. So uh, for this purpose, I went back and I read all of Tynion's Batman so far because it had been a while since I had checked in and so I wanted to just, you know, uh, prep for for this discussion, essentially. And I have to say, as I feel like Snyder's Bat Run very rarely brought all the villains together. But everything felt sort of like – Snyder has not done a subtle Bat story in a while. And while this is similarly not subtle, I think this feels quite different than Snyder's Bat Run uh, and obviously different than Tom King's Bat Run. But I think that it, it has a similar um, sort of intensity to Snyder's run. What do you guys think about that? Intensity for sure. Yeah, this feels like a – almost like back to basics batman mm -hmm. story for me in a lot of ways and like i i'm like 
the notorious like Batman and Joker hater, I feel like. And I think Tynion's like I think Tynion's Joker is maybe the best Joker that we've had since like more since Batman and Robin. Yeah. He's like this he he's not like like with Snyder like no no like offense against Snyder but like his Joker was like this mythical like larger than life kind of character you know like a supernatural specter like that that I just like didn't really get behind and then like King I don't even know like what King's Joker was honestly you know (laughs) but this feels like a nice back to basics kind of almost like and this is super cliche but like almost like Batman the animated series Joker but more twisted you know mm-hmm. like still very much in line with like modern joker um interpretation well, it's gr- yeah it's a great amalgamation of those isn't it yeah like, yeah i think so um at one point it, he's hanging out in a hawaiian sh- in a hawaiian shirt you know yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a boogaloo boy <laughs> yeah all, all the scenes of him like at that that like uh, that like tropical bar and then like specifically the little story with him and Deathstroke that is in the Batman. Secret, I think it's in origins. the Secret Origins yeah. uh, or Secret Files, whatever. Secret it Files. Is. I'm sorry, Secret uh, Files. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah, yes. that that story is really good because it's like a very lucid Joker. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's actually often. being real. He's actually yeah. being real. Um, which is really refreshing to me. Um. So yeah, I I like his Joker. I like his Batman, and I really like his run so far. I like how he's using Catwoman. I like how he's using Harley. I even like check me on this, but I even don't hate Punchline. Oh, I like Punchline. <laughs> I have no real opinion on Punchline yet, but it's not terrible. I, I think it's a little weird that like she's a co-ed and she's Joker's girlfriend or whatever, but like. Oh, she's not Joker's girlfriend, though. But she is Joker's girlfriend. But they make that point several times that, like... I mean, she she probably is. But, like, they make they the, make a the point scene, to make that joke and then say... The scene with her and Harley in, like, one of the more recent issues where Harley's like, come talk to me in a few years when you, yeah. like, need counseling. That was, like, very good. Yeah, I think um, that's great, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just like every, like uh, the Riddler. His the Riddler, Riddler is so good. Like the 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 issue. Um, I don't remember again. I read like from ninety one to ninety four to catch up. Yeah, but ninety two is the the big uh, Gotham crossword cross, cross, yeah. Fantastic. So one good. of the best one of the best Riddler issues we've read that I've read in a long time. Um, even like even counting the the Mark Russell Riddler issue, which I know we were all kind of down on. Uh, Tynion seemingly backpedaling on that, but this was really good. So yes. um, let me let me pitch this at you guys. The so for the giant, like the the Gotham crossword puzzle, that is something that's like basically straight out of the Batman Arkham games. Like, could you not see that in yeah. the next the next Batman video game? But sure. then also, could you can you 
like totally see Jim Carrey's Riddler on 100%. a big screen doing percent. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I feel that way about all these characters that like it is it's every Riddler in one, you uh-huh. know? The his Joker is every Joker in one. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that really were and ba- and Batman too like we unfortunately we haven't yet gotten to see the lighter side of his Batman. I'm hoping that we get that at some point. Um, but, but I like that his, his Batman is intentionally over the top. There's no way that he's not doing like this, this like raging beating heart Batman that like screams at the moon, you know, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? Like, yes. Yeah. And like, depending, like this is like Batman at his, like, zenith in terms of just outrageous like audacity Mm -hmm. just just the like absurdity of the way he's using his resources and his wealth and everything and it seems like from the way the story's going he might be about to like lose all of that yeah which is a really interesting idea the next issue is is uh, the the preview for it was Joker's Billions. So. Yep. Yes, <laughs> which yeah. is great. Which I you know I wonder like if that's gonna stick. Like, what if we come into like Batman one thousand, not one thousand, uh, one hundred one, and like Bruce is just broke. Awesome, let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That that would be great. I think that would be awesome. To me, the difference between Tynion and Tom King is that like Tom King's Batman technically killed off Alfred, but the Batman mm. book didn't change at all. Whereas Tynion is showing you don't have to kill somebody to totally change the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's also paying off on the Alfred thing in really fun ways. Like, you know, King did the, that pretty late in the run, and who knows what he may have done with it. Who knows what he may do with it if Batman Catwoman ever comes out. I don't know. But, like, the end of issue 94 is so good. Yeah. I will become a better Batman. (laughs) (laughs) With a page that, like, I don't know if it's referencing anything else, but it screams the Batman Zero and R page. Absolutely, yes. Um, (laughs) Yes. I mean, this I do know a, that it's this has big yeah. R.I.P. energy. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Only it's his empire instead of like literally him. His identity, yeah. yeah. Um, man, I I feel like I maybe like sleep on Tanyan a little bit more than I should. He's actually very good, and like between this and his Tekron. He gets the bat characters. He really does. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a great writer. I I think I think he's even when he gets like a little wordy for our tastes, like mm-hmm. I think the conceptualization is solid. It's just more of a chore to read when he when he gets on his when he gets on his uh mythology bullshit. But I don't know? feel like he's even been on that that much. And even no, I- like no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm talking specifically yeah. about like Justice League Dark. Sure, sure, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And even I think the the biggest offender as far as that in this 
run has maybe been that that designer flashback flashback issue. Mm-hmm. But that that issue was fantastic. So. That's a really fun issue. Yeah. 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 For sure. That's a great issue. Uh, how about the designer reveal? I'm I'm a little so it's, so it turned out to be the Joker somehow like animating the corpse of the enemy of the greatest detective before Batman, which I'm very disappointed they didn't just go ahead and say that it was Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty. It's pretty much Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty though, right? It is. They give him what, what is the, what is the Sherlock character's name? Um, Blake or something mm-hmm. or no, it's um Baker Baker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 Right. And then, and then see, I read an interview with, uh, I think Ben Abernathy, the, the Batman editor. Mm-hmm. And in the interview, after this issue came out, he said it's Moriarty. But then you read the issue and it's, they never use, they never say Sherlock and Moriarty. And I, I wish because that would play into Batman's history because he has encountered yes. Sherlock Holmes, like in the golden age, maybe even the silver age. I don't know. But, um, plus it's, th- those characters are, um, uh, public domain, public domain. Yeah. So like, so why not? Yeah. Right. Are you guys aware yeah, of the fact that the Moriarty and Sherlock Holmes are like the first conventional retcon ever? <laughs> no, that's great though. There what, was what? a uh, there was a story that uh, Doyle decided was going to be the last one, and so he had them basically fight while falling off a cliff and dying. And there was such fan response, he had to bring them back from that. <laughs> and so that's that's essentially the first major retcon. Damn! Yeah, wonderful. Well, good thing there's hyper time so that both can exactly exist. yes exactly. Um. Yeah. Okay. So that. So let's see. We talked about the secret files. We talked about the designer. There was that um, that punchline story in the Joker 80th. Yes. Which okay, I have to say. So the the point of that is like punchline has to prove to the Joker that. She's serious about being his partner or whatever. And she's at college and they have like a dress like your hero day. And she wears a Joker shirt to that, which is that's just the drill tweet where he shows up to court wearing the Joker ma- Joker makeup <laughs> yeah. under his uh, Guy Fox mask. Uh, Everyone you want to know sh- you want to know how I read that issue? Hmm. It's like you're, you're mad at me for for wearing a Joker shirt. But you, you are making me live in a world where I have to choose between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yes, yes, absolutely. And that is why <laughs> that's why that's why I kinda like Punchline, because yeah, she's like the edgelord, like twisted, whatever, but I mean it's a very real phenomenon that like there are people that think, well, the world's not going to be around in 20 years, so yeah. why don't I just go punchline is Punchline is the dirtbag left. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. No, no. <laughs> she's a hot girl for Bernie, is that what you're saying? Ooh. Yes, that, she is, she, he is Nico. She's at <laughs> Nico Hall. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so ashamed. 
that's king shit. Uh, okay. So anyway, Tiny is Batman. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I cannot believe I'm actually excited for Joker War. <laughs> I know. Uh, very much, very much. Um, I, we're not going to talk about this, but the most recent issue of Detective Comics, which is like a Road to Joker War issue, I flipped through it and I saw that they brought back Lincoln March. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so I guess he's going to like factor into stuff, which is absolutely yes, please. Um, why not? Why not? <laughs> Wasn't I think I, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was he's been a part of Jurgen's Nightwing book. Really, I'm pretty sure he's oh. made an appearance or two. You would know that. better than me, my friend. You yeah, would, you would know. You would know. Uh, um. <laughs> I, I like how all the Road to Joker War tie-in books just end with the Joker like waiting for the hero behind a door. Or something. Yeah. Like, that's how Batgirl ends. That's how Nightwing went. Which, in a lot of ways, that's how, like, the death of the family... Yes. ...stuff worked, too. And I was afraid that this was just going to be, like, a redux of that. But it, this it might doesn't be de- feel this like This might it. be death of the family done right. Oh, it might be. <laughs> that is becoming a DC3 cast uh, cliche. <laughs> Blank done right. R.I.P., Dan. Yeah, exactly. Stolen from our boy Danny D. <laughs> Oh, we'll do everything. We're going to do it better than we did before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very good. I'm, yeah, I'm legitimately interested and excited for Joker War, which is not a sentence yeah. I would have ever expected to say. I don't go around telling people I'm excited for something called Joker War. <laughs> I never would. Uh, All right. Well, let's, let's quickly circle around to the uh, Catwoman story by Ram V and Fernando Blanco from the uh, Catwoman 80th anniversary um, issue. So what, what's what's hard about this is that I feel like Tynion established a fun sort of um, a fun status quo for, for Batman and Selina right now because he doesn't trust her at the moment because of, or or his trust in her is waning because of everything that's happening with the uh, with the designer, and so this story seemingly takes place after that, before that. It's, Nobody knows. <laughs> it's so I was confused. So it seemed like it started off like at the beginning of this Catwoman run or like during the Tom King, like around issue 50 because she's, you know, on the run and she has the wedding dress in her suitcase. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's the end of Joel Jones's run. Okay. Okay. So that, yeah. And see, I, I didn't keep up with that run, so I didn't know where that ended up like in the, the time frame. Um, but yes, but now it's like they come back and it seems like it's, after they're married or like it it seemed like it was going to be like more in line with the post king status quo but it doesn't really read that way but it doesn't really read that way so it's like it's like when she gets back to gotham but before they get married i don't know it was really weird um It, it reads it reads as if she's not expecting to get back together with bruce at that point 
Yeah. Because yeah. she the, the the wedding dress gets left behind and she's like, I won't miss any of my stuff, you know. Sure, yeah. Which is which is a dig at that, you know. Um, which it's uh, it seems like this whole like switch over seems really weird and I wonder if Ramby's only gonna be on the book for like six issues or something. Um because it definitely seems like everything's about to be revamped and I would imagine that and maybe he will still be on the book, but I, I feel like we're about to have a big Batman status quo shift and I would expect the Catwoman book to reflect that after it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if we'll get like one arc that's like between this and when they get married or something. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Can I just make one more Joker observation? I forgot about the Joker 80th. Yeah. Was yeah. it weird that anybody else that she kept calling the Dean of the college Dean Bob and did anyone else think it was Dean Bob the Goon? I did not think that, no. I think it's Dean Bob the Goon. <laughs> from Batman 89. Uh, I mean, maybe. I just saw it in my notes. Had to say it. Um, but yeah, I thought that the Catwoman story was was fine. But it is it is hard to sort of tell where that story is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like his writing. I think... It's pretty fitting for the title. It's it's sort of uh, noirish. Um, yeah, and Blanco's yeah. always good. Blanco's oh, Blanco's that is something good. I wanted to say. The art in Tynion's Batman run, I think, has been fantastic. I think juggling mm-hmm. between um, Jorge Jimenez, Guillaume March, and then Rafael Albuquerque, even like popping in for a few issues, like great great art team did tony daniel do one issue of that run i think so he did a few i think he just and, did and one tom tom Moray has been the colorist throughout yes which has added like a great um you know cohesiveness in the in the feel of the book i i love the art i think every issue looks fantastic yeah I want to say Tony Daniel did an issue and a half because he did the he did the entire first issue, I think. Yes. And then he split. I'm pretty sure I remember him splitting one with Guillaume March. I think that's right. And that was it. Guillaume March has been doing a lot more than I think I kind of thought. But I think it's because Jimenez is really going to come on in full force. when Yeah. When Joker War starts. Um, But March is great. I think. uh, I think March gets a bad rap because of like the new 52 Catwoman stuff. Yeah. Um, I really like his stuff. Yeah. It's, when I love he's how allowed, cartoony it is. Yeah. When he's allowed to get weird, it gets good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. His, his Riddler with his like question mark spine. <laughs> so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and his, like his penguin is so disgusting. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right, so should we? What are we talking about next? Green Lantern. Yeah, let's talk about the Green Lantern 80th anniversary issue. We're going to be talking about the the first story, which is the Alan Scott story, which is written by Tynion, tying it into what we just talked about, and illustrated by Gary Frank. Um, this story does an interesting thing of it, it sort of connects three different dots. It connects Doomsday Clock. It connects the sort of like overall return of the JSA stuff that we saw in that Wonder Woman 
six seven fifty? I think seven fifty. Yep, and, and the flash. And the flash, yeah. And it connects James Robinson's Earth two, sort of, to all of this. Basically, it takes the Robinson revelation that Alan Scott was gay and it puts it into the golden age here. And I think that's a tricky thing to try and do. I, I, I have no problem with it from a from any standpoint. It's just that it's always tricky to go back and change an older character in some way. But I thought this issue did a pretty good job of it. What did you guys think of this short story? Zach, you want to go first? I liked it a lot. Um, I mean, it was a short little story. But I'm a sucker for Gary Frank art, mm-hmm. and I, I really, really like Alan Scott, Green Lantern. Like I think he, to me, is like up there with Superman in a lot of ways. Like in my mind, um, and yeah, this was, and, and like Tynion being on it, I think is very good. Um, you, you know, this feels like the kind of thing that. 10 years ago, you know, Jeff Johns would have done. Um, but I really like Tynion being on it. And I'm like a little, I'm a little worried about like how this is going to get carried forward just because this feels in line with like the generation stuff, which we Mm -hmm. know is being messed around with and may or may not even be happening now. Um, but I, man, I would love to see. Actually, you know what I think is going to happen now, and this kind of like confirms it to me. I think that Snyder and Tynion are going to co-write a JSA book after this, mm. after after Doomsday Clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after Death Metal. That's what I meant. Yeah, after yeah. Death Metal. Yeah, I I would love that, um, Zach. I'm so glad that you said that. Like, this feels like the sort of thing Jeff Johns would do. Uh, you know, back when he was writing more for DC. I, I think that's true, and I think that it's a relief that Tynion is doing a story like this because it really shows, I think, that they're kind of handing some of the keys to Tynion, and I think he's ready. You know, like, I think I think he's a really good writer, and I think he nails a story that Johns would have done just as good, if not better, than current if not better than current Johns mm-hmm, for like, sure, but, but you know, just as good as prime Johns. And I think that means that like the overarching narrative of DC comics, the meta narrative is potentially in really good hands. If Snyder stays invested doing other stories here and there, if Tynion stays really involved, I, I feel like a lot can grow from that. You know, I think I, I feel like we've been looking for somebody to be post Johns as far as like whoever's going to lead the, the, the direction for DC. And I think we're getting that now. And I, I'm not afraid. It does feel like the generation stuff, but I'm not afraid that it's going away. It might change the, the way that they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the JSA stuff is going to go away. I think like whatever plans they had for for like the, the younger legacy characters might change. But I think the JSA are very much going to be a part of this going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think from the previews, I, this isn't this is a spoiler for for Death Metal number two, but not anything that we know that you don't. 
which is that I think the JSA factors into the next issue because I think they're in the preview art. Um, so I think they're gonna, you know, I think they're gonna continue this thread even if it was heavily involved in the generation stuff. Um, and I love the, f- I was nervous that they weren't gonna uh, keep the 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 Alan Scott gay stuff. I was a little nervous that they were going to backpedal on that or try to downplay it, but here it is in like the the very first story that really features him in the post rebirth landscape. Um, it's front and center. Like they're they're making a point to say, no, this is this is who he is now. He's going to carry this forward because I think that's I think that's a really important thread i think that's you know one of the criticisms of the jsa characters is that they're all these old white people you know which is just a function of 1940s comics right um but i think there's no reason why that can't be updated and i think tynion is a really good person to be doing that and I'm, i'm excited that they went with it and then of course the only question becomes well how do they handle it as far as like his kids, which Brian, you've, you've brought that up. Um, you know, was this something that he kept hidden and he, he lived, uh, a different life previously and had these kids or, um, you know, is there, is there some other mechanism at play? It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because, uh, I feel like they're going to reintroduce, Alan Scott's kids at some point. Well, if I'm not mistaken, what wasn't Obsidian part of the last Doomsday Clock issue? That could be in that in that extended JSA mm-hmm. cast. I think yeah. maybe Jade and Obsidian were in that. I can't recall offhand. Yeah, I can't. I, yeah. I'm sure they'll find a way to bring them back in. Well, I mean, um, like, like you said, Vince, it could just be that you know, because what's nice about this is that so he's having a conversation with his lover's mom. Right, mom. I think sister. Did they ever. I think mom. I think it's mom. Right, and um, and they never come out and say the words boyfriend, lover, gay, anything like that. It's all just sort of spoken about in this like '40s innuendo kind of way, and it it ends with with Alan feeling like he needs to be Green Lantern, but he doesn't necessarily. I don't think it necessarily speaks to him being totally comfortable being an openly gay man in the 40s. So he could still be married. Right. You know, and I don't think that's necessarily... I know that for some people that will seem to be a um, walking back him being gay and softening it for, for a mainstream audience. I don't. I think if it's done right, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. It's simply a... a, a you know, product of the time. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think even, I think the book speaks to that, like, you know, the, to the conflict, you know, cause he talks about, you know, he was on the train to get away from himself and it didn't work. And, you know, the imagery is showing you what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that that, I I think that direction is very much there. Yeah, and the story with that with that level of uh, internal social conflict would be really 
interesting for the right person to handle. You yes. know, mm-hmm. um, there's no reason you can't do a story like that. It's it's not doesn't have to be problematic if you get the right person on it. Right. You know. See, here's where I wish that DC would be more fluid with the way their stories are told, because this would be a wonderful Green Lantern Year One OGN. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or you know, Green Lantern the first ten years miniseries, where you could tell the story independent. That's one of the things that I, I call like New Fifty Two ism, like when they would introduce Earth Two, instead of starting a story with the Earth Two group, you had to take twelve issues, whatever it was, to bring that team together. And I feel like I want. I want both a story about Alan Scott, but I also want a JSA book. I don't want the JSA book to have to be a vehicle for the story about Adam, Alan Scott, right? Like, they, mm-hmm. they, should be, they should be able to be two separate things. I wish DC would let that happen. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I, it also wouldn't hurt for comics to be a little bit more like they used to be, where in the JSA title, they would handle a lot of the the relationships and social commentary and and things like that sure too. but i feel like this is such a big story yeah oh yeah i don't want sure. it to get shoehorned as part you know into that no um but yeah do you guys remember by the way offhand who jade and obsidian's mom is it was a villain it was a villain what villain yeah hang on i got this harlequin right no, he no, married. No. He married the Harlequin when she reformed, like as an older man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shit. No. I, I'll give you the clue that will give it away in a minute. I isn't it like? Does she have like Thorn in her name, or is it like a? a... My clue is that she currently is part of the uh, Legion of Superheroes book. Yeah, it's it's Thorn. It's like it's, the Rose and Thorn. It's Rose and Thorn. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I had no. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. That's weird. Um, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> it is weird, but yeah. I actually think that, like, if you look at Alan Scott as a closeted gay man, marrying two villains seems like a uh, like somebody who maybe doesn't really – isn't really good at, at, at male-female relationships. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I think that can make sense. Anyway, I thought it was a fun little story, and I, I am looking forward to when the JSA is going to be – like back as a regular part of DC Comics. I don't know if you guys saw, but in September, the Hawkman issue is a flashback to the 40s of the JSA. Oh, wild. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, all right. Well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about uh, the new Deceased series. So stay tuned. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. So this week saw the release of the first issue 
of deceased dead planet number one. And I think all of us were looking forward to this far more than we would have thought a year ago uh, because we've all become deceased fanboys because we've all become Tom Taylor fanboys. Um, <laughs> but this issue obviously is written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by Tever- Trevor Hairsign. And um, I have some th- I have some thoughts about this, but I want to say Tom Taylor makes this book so much better than he needs to make it. <laughs> yeah, it has no business being this good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I I'll go ahead and say like up front, like th- this was very good. And as like a continue it. Well, OK, it's very good. I think I was a little bit disappointed just with how much of a direct continuation it was of the last book. I think that's my biggest issue with it so is you, I was maybe looking for something a little bit different. I, I will say that similarly, I was hoping for more on earth too. Yes. And this is not that. No, yeah. it's not. Um, but it's still really good. The character work is very good, which is what Taylor does so well. Yeah, for sure. The crypto stuff, that's like that's like bait, but I fell for it. Same. The yeah. one the one thing I will say, and this isn't really it's not a criticism of the writing because I think the I think the writing in these scenes was really good. But what I will say I don't mean this to be negative as it's going to sound, but like, so spoiler alert, what happens to Ollie at the end? Mm-hmm. You, we're getting to the point where like you can, you see that coming a mile away. Yes. They have, they have the few pa- the couple pages where uh, he and Dinah are like being really silly with one another and ba- bantering. And, and, and at that moment I'm like, Oh God, Ollie's going to die. Right. <laughs> it couldn't be more, obvious you know and i think that scene was still really well done his death scene was still really well done and really well drawn by trevor hair scene actually um really effective but like now and i feel like this is just the case with these zombie books you just go to that well so yes. many times yes. you see it coming yeah now do you guys think but, that john is off the table at the end of this book john kent no i don't think so I think he's okay. Um, and like, I think, I mean, I don't even, think, I think that the story is cl- is going to be about them finding the cure. And I would not be surprised if a lot of characters, especially at least Ollie, or maybe not a lot of characters. Cause I feel like this book is still going to tend to be on the side of like tragedy. Um, but I, I could see like, Oliver being saved by the end of the series. I can see that too. Sure. Um, uh, my f- sorry, Zach. Go ahead. No, that's all. I was say my favorite bit in this story is the the scene where Lois is talking to John, and she says, "Come straight back. We've lost enough Superman." And he says, "I'm not really comfortable with that name, Mom." And she says, "Then stop earning it." Yeah. And I feel like that's such a beautiful sequence between a mother and son, but also a perfect Lois Lane moment. And a perfect Jonathan Kent moment. It's just just a really, really well structured scene. Yep. Have you guys been reading the uh, Hope at World's End? No. How was that series? 
It's it's pretty good, but it takes place before all this stuff. Um, so, so it's fine. It's it's filling in gaps with stuff that doesn't feel all that important. But you get to spend you get to spend more time with Wally and the Flash family. You get to spend some time with um, the Airy and Wink from the Tom Taylor Suicide Squad stuff. Okay, uh, which is good. Uh, they play a pretty pivotal role in the in the last issue, I think issue four of that. Um, they do, they do a couple scenes that are just like the alley scene in this. So maybe that's why this feels particularly like it's uh overdone trope, but mm-hmm. yeah, they do it a couple times where they like, you just know a character's going to die and then ah, they do. So, yeah. but it's, it's still quite good. I mean, it's just, it's by no means, um, essential yeah i i really enjoyed uh how superman is still eating a sun (laughs) eating a star rather Mm um he's this he's the he's the sun eater in this yeah which it's funny that like i mean he is in the middle of the sun which you know we just read one million Mm -hmm. and we talked a lot about um all-star superman it's funny how this is like the dark reflection of that yeah yeah that story beat it's good it is good yeah th- this issue is fun i i really wish tom taylor was doing more in the dc universe i know his suicide squad has been continuously good but he needs a superman book or something yeah yeah i don't i don't know if he I'm surprised that he hasn't been offered something like that. So I don't know if he's either been offered it or 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 has has done a pitch but has been turned down, or or if he's just not interested in being part of the um, the summit grind mm-hmm. at these companies. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, that's a good. But point. he's he's he is that good. So yeah, he is. And who knows, maybe his Suicide Squad will lead to something interesting. Yeah. Oh, boy, that book is really good. Man, have you guys read the last issue with where Batman no, makes I'm, the cameo? No, I'm one or two behind right now. I'll so catch it's, up. Yeah. I love it because – I am not. Gonna, I won't spoil anything for you because um, that's a book you really don't want spoiled. But um, I love how – remember in the New 52 where, like, it was mandated that Batman had to – uh, cameo in basically every book. Yes, that's that's not expressly true, but like it felt that way. This feels totally like you know the the month six Batman cameo in a in a struggling book or whatever. But the role that he plays in it is very funny, and the the way that it all ends. Oh man, yeah, it's it's good. It's so good. Tom Taylor's good. Bruno Redondo's good too. Good, good. Yeah, and we're <laughs> gonna get more Taylor soon with that Constantine book. Oh yeah, yeah. Book. The, yeah. So the Hellraiser, uh, Black Label book. Yeah. Hell, Hellraiser. Hellblazer. Oh. I'm hoping it's a. Although a Hellblazer, I do want to. I do want to. Crossover will be good. Yeah, I think he'd be good at writing the Pinhead. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, that brings us to our, our final sort of batch of books we're going to talk about, which are the Bendis books. But we're going to talk specifically about 
Legion of Superheroes number six, I believe it was, correct? Mm-hmm, yep. Um, this is uh, written by Brian Bendis, illustrated by Ryan Sook. And uh, before we start, let's just let's just talk about the 20 pages of Italian chef kiss emoji that this visually is. Mm-hmm. Ryan Sook. It's really, yeah. Man. It's really good. Um, yeah. Remember when Ryan Sook was first announced on this book, and, and I don't know if we all joked, but I definitely joked, like, ah, it's going to be three issues, and then it'll be somebody else, and we'll never see Sook again. Yep. When in reality, he's drawn, I think, the majority of this. He's drawn at least half it, I think. He's, yeah, at least half. He's had help. Um, like, four had fill-ins from Michael Janine, and five had uh, fill-ins from Scott, Scott Godlewski. Go- yeah, and I think some of the other issues had some fill-ins too, but um so he's been a presence consistently. Yeah, and he did this whole issue by himself. Mhm. Um and, and I don't know whether the pandemic helped with that cuz there was a delay, but there was, yeah. Whatever um, the case, I'm just thrilled that he's still around. I know. Remember when he did like the first issue and a half of The Unexpected and then <sighs> disappeared off that? I am Actually, literally maybe looking only at did the like cover. the first half an issue. Maybe. I am I looking know. at. I have the unexpected number one pulled out on my long box right now, so that's crazy. <laughs> um, it's crazy that you have it in your long box. <laughs> is it? No, that, I don't know. That was a good. What book, was right? it? Was that was that was that one of the good ones? That was I, Steve Orlando. That was, yeah, that was oh, Orlando. Then, then yeah, yes, that was yes, a good it was. One. Sorry, I I think I was thinking of. Uh, the green what team seen trillionaires? No, 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 no. I think I, oh, I was thinking of Immortal Men. That oh. doesn't make any sense, but no, that's, that's that. That was when Jim Lee drew half an issue. Yes, yes, that's yes. right, that's right. Um, thank you. No, this issue looks really good. That like opening double page spread, um, of like the evacuation and and Rose and Thorn and White Witch are there and Monster Boy who like is one of my favorite new Legion characters. Mm-hmm. Um, just how outlandish he is. It makes almost no sense when you think about it, um, but it's he always looks so cool. Um, Did I miss Dr. Fate in this issue? Um, Dr. Fate's on the cover. I don't think Dr. Yeah, Fate was in this comic. That was, that was Beatty. I think Dr. Fate was in this issue. I think she was in the... Well, actually... Yeah, she is in like one panel of this okay. issue. <laughs> um, yeah, that. Yeah, the cover was very baity because I mean, like Gold Lantern is in the issue. Yeah. Yes. And like Monster page. Boy is in the issue, but yeah, um, it yeah, it's fine. I don't know. I like haven't been that excited about this series i had read like the first two or three issues and then not touched it for a while um i like it now i I like caught up on it i like it quite a bit i'm i'm getting into the rhythm of how bendis writes these characters which is really similar to the way that he writes basically any group of characters, but like it took me a while. 
it took me a while to deal with this many characters and and have them talk like that. Well, compare know? this to Young Justice, and I think that this handles it much yes. better. Yep. The difference yep. for me, and I recognize this is a me problem versus a Bendis problem, is that I know those Young Justice characters so much better. But so, I feel like the way he writes them is like the opposite, though. I feel like he writes the Legion characters like you know them all, and he writes the Young Justice characters like you've never seen or heard about them before. Like he's introduced, <laughs> he's he has to like include the like most basic defining trait of each of the Young Justice characters every time they say anything. Yeah, yeah, like, which drives point. me crazy. Yeah, N- Naomi is still like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, it's still my first week here, and yeah. like. Uh, and she's going to be saying that in three <laughs> years. Now we should say that David Walker also co-writes that. So that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But, but I feel but the book again, had been doing that, I think yes. before Walker came on as yes. well. And that's very much a Bendis. I mean that, that a lot of that is Bendis dialogue. It's just mm-hmm. obvious. And I, and I wonder if that's because they're the more recognizable characters. So Bendis feels like he has to like play up those tropes. Whereas like these characters are, for the most part, like blank slates, and he he can kind of just write them. Yeah, I I wonder if that's why that is. It's an excellent question. I feel like these characters are, even that the cast is huge, but like they're all and and they're not written like too differently from their previous incarnations. But like Brainiac Five is great. Um especially mm-hmm. um, all, all the characters are written with like, I think a, a decent amount of flair. Um, and like, I, I just love that Jonathan Kent is on the book. <laughs> yep. As the one true Superman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of like collar tugging about the fact that Bendis aged up John Kent and stuck him on this book. But I mean, I, I liked the old John, and I like this John. I, I think, to me, there was nothing lost here. I mean, you you did lose the Super Sons, but you gained something as well. So I yes. don't totally understand the, the criticism. And I'm not like a Bendis devotee, so I'm not like, I'm not like just idly defending him, you know? Right. I yeah. legitimately think it's good. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. I, th- I think it's a good. I-, I think it's a very logical thing to do with John. Mm-hmm. Now, especially because, as we see in Young Justice, Bendis is also trying to give Connor something to do that isn't just being the former Superboy. And I feel like getting John off planet and off and out of this timeline allows him to do more with with connor even if i don't think he's necessarily done much yet Mm -hmm. yeah so we're gonna talk about that a little bit yeah Yeah. go for it buddy oh i just think (laughs) the fact that is revealed that connor yeah connor survived flashpoint because he got thrown into gym world right before flashpoint yeah (laughs) fantastic yeah um which can i say like tell me if i'm missing something here or whatever but um 
isn't Gem World just a part of the DC universe also? Sure. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I think it's uh, a different realm. Sure, but then, but aren't they all affected by the crisis? Of course they are. I'm, just, I'm trying yeah, to. And, and well, and he even said like they're in the middle of their own crisis too. Mm-hmm. I think Bendis is playing so fast and loose with this stuff and. The thing that I would knock it the most for is that, like, he's playing so loose at, with it that there's no need to have, like, dozens of issues trying <laughs> to explain this when it's just being hand-waved anyway, you know? Like, yes. we could have taken care of this in the first arc. Um, now, of course, there's, like, other things in play, like, time, you know, timelines, like, timetables of, like, publishing that have to be considered, I guess. Um but like this feels like it's all playing the the issue fifteen, which was the Connor issue, and sixteen, which is the Bart issue, like straight up hypertime stuff. <laughs> like no hypertime, hypertime, hype, hype, hypertime, 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 hype, hype, hypertime. It's good again. It is. Um, I. I still like this book. I don't think I like it as much as Legion, um, but I like how big the cast has gotten. And I it's, love that. Uh, it's apparently going to get bigger too, or, or it, like it's taking like the JL Unlimited approach mm-hmm. with the young heroes, which is really good. Um, I love the I love the way they talk about that. How they're like, yeah. how they're like, uh, you know we don't have to have official uh, meetings with minutes or anything, but we're all part of this team and we can stay in touch and not lose track of one another. And if somebody needs help, we can ask for help and, and it can be all of us. It doesn't have to be limited, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. Even sideways. I I, felt like he was in the back, like even me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really like how we're seeing multiple, like it's all it's all young justice, but but we're seeing that that means actually like three different generations of heroes, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I like all of them coming together. This is going back to our uh, remake the DC universe episode, but just add in Bunker, and I'm totally happy now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, Skitter even, Skitter even. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Now, here's my question for you guys about this. I was thinking about this a lot. So it looks like Bendis's initial batch of Wonder Comics books were all leading up to getting to, to getting these characters together in Young Justice. So do you think that we're going to get a second wave of Wonder Comics books soon? And do you think that that will have the same mandate as be you know as getting these characters set for the next big crossover? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I think we are going to get a second Naomi mini eventually. I don't think we're going to get a second wave of Wonder Wonder Comics books, though. Well, there's only one left, and that's Young Justice. Right. Yeah, I I just think they're going to kind of let it let it dribble. into nothing i don't know unless you think that the dio was the uh was the like the pop-up imprint boy 
Yeah, I don't. Yes, I, I do kind of think that. I don't think they're going to do those really anymore. Why is the banner still on this book then? For consistency's sake, it would it would lose nothing without that, without that banner. Uh, I mean, I have just because it's on there doesn't mean there's going to be more Wonder Comics books. It just seems to me like we've seen DC in the past. Uh, you know, like the thing I think of is up until like. Three months ago, maybe there was still a New Age of Heroes banner on the Terrifics, so it's yeah. not like that matters that much. But I just feel like I don't know why you bring in Bendis. I mean, I I, I think that the combination of the pandemic and the the shakeup and the delay of Doomsday, like I think all of that has delayed all this. We haven't seen any new Jinx World books in a while. I think you're going to see a big Bendis push real soon. Ooh, ooh! I don't know. You you think so? You don't think you don't think it's going to be the opposite? No, I don't. I don't think that. I think that Warner Brothers is smart enough to realize if you're going to spend to bring in uh, Bendis, you have to give Bendis the room to do what you brought him in to do. I wish I knew how long his contract was. I don't think he's going anywhere. This is not related to anything that we're really talking about, but Brian, I went and looked. You you had mentioned like when the New Age of Heroes banner got taken off of Terrific. Uh-huh. So the last issue to have the New Age of Heroes banner was number seventeen. Uh-huh. But you know how all the books had that little like logo under the number for like what they're yes. like part of the universe is. As of still the most recent issue of Terrifics, it's it's metal. It still says metal. <laughs> Dark Knight's metal is like its corner of the wow. DCU. Hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but no, I, mean, I, I think you're reading too much into Reddit here, Vincey. Where everyone's saying that you know Bendis was this big disappointment, and uh, DC is gonna cut loose, cut him loose. To me, Bendis would not make the jump from Marvel to DC. If, if you know, if it's going to be a short-term thing. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't necessarily think he's going anywhere. I just, I just, I can't see him as, as big a driver as you're suggesting he might be of, of, of things moving forward. I could see him do a couple books here and there off in his corner, but I don't know. I have, I have trouble seeing, seeing him as like the big mover and shaker there. I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think he's going to be doing Batman. I think Tynion's going to stay on Batman. Well, um, I think that for sure. So if he really is leaving Superman, like he said, I don't. I kind of feel like that's a misdirect, honestly. Um, that whole thing where he he has like said, I think recently that he's leaving Superman, but I think he is. I don't think he's like gone, gone. I think he's. I think we'll see like a Superman book shake up. Mm-hmm. I think he'll, he'll. It'll be like. John Kent is Superman and Legion of Superheroes or something and 
the Superman line looks differently after that. But he's or, still writing or, it, or or no, maybe or yeah, I think so. I don't know, or or like John Kent is like Superboy still in Legion, but then he comes back and is like an adult in the present. You know what the weirdest thing for me about all this is? What's that? That event Leviathan checkmate got delayed. It, it did, yeah. And they're they're gonna publish it apparently at some point. Now, whether we believe that or not, you know, whatever. But let's let's assume that it is. They're moving that clearly, I think, to be a post-death metal yes. event. Yes, because they've said they've, they're delaying it to have it reflect certain things in the DCU. Yeah. Which I think means they're changing it to reflect generations going away yep i think that too whatever the new post death metal status quo is yep so i wonder what that what does that mean what does that mean that's the question that's going to be prying at my brain as i'm trying to fall asleep tonight we're just you're just not going to get any sleep until death metal is over (laughs) (laughs) because the counter to my thought that maybe bendis isn't gonna be a mover and shaker at dc going forward is that maybe he is the mover and shaker after snyder (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. maybe maybe they decide that um, you know, Snyder doesn't want to do the big eventy type stuff. He'll write like a book or two that matters less to everything. And they're sa- they're pocketing Event Leviathan to be the thing, the summer event of next summer or whatever. And then Bendis is the the mover. I could see that. I also don't know if he wants to be the mover anymore. I don't know. I think he gets in that toy box and he wants to. There was a tweet that he did not that long ago. And at this point, I... I'm not blocked. I'm not. Oh, because you're not I'm on not, Twitter. That's why I'm not okay, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. But I saw the tweet. Okay, yeah. some other way tangentially. Not sure. I don't remember where, how. Um, But he said something like, he said something to the effect of the enormity of what DC is asking us to do just dawned on me. And then he posted like a picture of Superman or some Superman art or something like that. But Say that again? What did he say? He said something like the enormity of what DC has tasked us with just hit me or something like that or just dawned on me um i that it was it was something to that effect that he said and this was like pre 5g this was like this was like just about when they would have started announcing that stuff it was like a month or two before the first generations book got solicited and it makes me think i mean either that could be completely wiped out or it makes me think that 
whatever comes after death metal is something that is something that Bendis will be a real mover on. Like, like that he's being tasked with something foundational. I'm scrolling through his timeline now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a while ago. Um, here it is. Leaving DC Comics after days of deep, big planning with peers. The enormity of what has been asked of us is just hitting me now, and I wanted to share the moment with you. Hold on to something. And it's a, it's a uh, image of John doing his Unity Day. Uh, he's, he's yelling Unity Day in front of the Legion of Superheroes. And when was that from? January. Oh, okay. end, of, end, end of January. Well, he, here's a tweet from a week and a half ago or so. Uh, event Checkmate will be coming out. We are still working on it. It just did not fit the mess we're all living in right now. Alex Maleev is actively working on the fifth issue as we speak. We have a new character debuting in this book we're very excited about. Okay. Of course, that can mean nothing. <laughs> right. And the thing the thing that I brought up that could totally mean 5G, which has been wiped out. So, yes. You know. But who knows? Who knows? It could mean nothing. It could just be him uh, jacking off online, as we all do. Yes. As we all do. That old chestnut jerking off online. <laughs> um, but yeah, we talked so much about this like in generalities. What did you guys think of the specifics of the BART issue? I thought it was okay. Yeah, it's fine. I think, um, like Zach said, if the point is that all these stories don't matter, or that all these stories do matter, then explaining exactly where everybody was when this all went down doesn't matter. But clearly Bendis has made that the catalyst for these characters bouncing off of one another. Like, now it's very important to Tim and Connor to figure out what's up with Bart. And and rather than it just being a plot, it's almost like it's part of their character, too. Uh, you know, to show that they care about one another or whatever. You know, uh, there's, there's a lot of heart here. But I do feel like the minutia of where everybody is and what everybody knows and what they don't know and who knows what is a little overdone for my taste. Um, and at this point it's, you know, it feels like it may be Bendis's most important book, but it's probably the one I'm enjoying the least out of the stuff that he's writing. Well, I wonder how much of this is, I mean, clearly, like you said, Vince, he's been making reference to this since the book started, but I wonder if he's having to spin his wheels a little bit. And so mm, that's why yeah. we're digging into this because they've told him, you know, to wait until after whatever to, to get to the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. That's Yeah. He really came over at like the worst time for <laughs> for getting momentum going. Yeah. And yet he's probably like, ah, this is all old hat to me. Like I totally Yeah. It, it was surely no different at Marvel at times. Yeah. And he's he's doing a I think a a good job uh, of managing like his even when it is like 
brutally decompressed like these stories are still enjoyable to read like issue 15 especially like the end of that story arc Mm -hmm. was such a like love letter to like fans of those characters i feel like i yeah Um, i thought that was a lot better than the follow-up with with bart yeah it's also weird to think that bendis has now been on superman for over two years yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, I remember when Bendis was coming. Yeah, <laughs> who can forget when Bendis came? Yeah, uh, and, and now he... and now freaking Canal uh, is coming, <laughs> 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 and we're all paying for it. Uh, uh, any other uh, new DC thoughts? No. Shazam is ending so. in September. That's a bummer. Shazam's ending. Yeah, Supergirl ended. Yes, it did. Yeah, um, uh, in the most unceremonious, unceremonious, cursory fashion, a book has probably ever ended. And um, yeah, looking just looking ahead, I'm really excited for the Legion number nine issue, which is um, the one. It's like the artist jam issue. There's, isn't um, that two? There's two. There's two. Yeah, it may. It is, yeah, too. Um, that looks cool. The Tech 1027 looks really cool. Yep. Um, there's um, the end of Williamson's Flash run is in September. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, If you look at the September solicits, Batman goes up to 99. Batgirl goes up to 40, 48 or 49, I think. Uh, and Red Hood, 50, right? Yeah, Red Hood and the Outlaws is at 49. Nightwing is at 74. Um, so next month is going to be a lot of final issues. I think in the so. I think so. I think all the bad books are winding down. Catwoman is 25 in September, and it's an yeah. oversized issue, and I wonder if that's going to be the last one or if there'll be like one more issue um who knows Mm. yeah yeah so and then the month after that we would potentially be getting a bunch of new announcements or everything just goes death there's more death metal books right maybe that's what snyder when snyder was like there's going to be more death metal Depending on oh, fan reaction. yeah, yeah. They just fill up a couple months with death metal tie-ins. Like they're doing with Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so weird because uh, D- DC books were already in a holding pattern, and then they didn't publish for two months. <laughs> so yeah. It's, everything just feels really, really weird and disconnected right now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And when do we... Okay. When, what month is Death Metal ending? Uh, January, I think maybe. I think that's right. Yeah. Okay, so I we won't so. get the, we won't get those um, solicits until October. October. The way so this the- is set up is that I believe it would have been wrapping up. So DC tends to release big announcements around WonderCon, San Diego, and New York. It looks like 
all of the big summer stuff would have been solicited at WonderCon. That stuff was all pushed to San Diego. Fandom. Yeah, which is going to become Fandom, exactly. And then... (laughs) I'm just thinking of uh, what James said about (laughs) Fandom. I forget what he said. Tell, remind us what our friend James Johnson said about Fandom. <laughs> I don't know if he wants me. He uh, he 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 tweeted getting. <laughs> I'm such an adult. He tweeted getting dome in the Fandom. <laughs> uh, we are we are adults. We are we are married men. Oh Jesus, that's funny. Uh, maybe not for long. That's true. Uh, the day is coming soon. The three of us are sharing a can of beans over a fire someplace <laughs> because our wives have thrown us out. We're all walking al- around in a giant trench coat on one another's shoulders. Exactly. Trying to apply for jobs at our local bank. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, but So what I, what I was saying, though, is that I think that with Death Metal getting delayed, there's not going to be a New York Comic Con. But even if there was one, even if there isn't one, I think we're going to see the big announcements kind of around that time for the new year. So fall is when we'll start to see the pieces of Death Metal start to, you know, what's coming after that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a bummer because I feel like that always, then that somewhat takes the the thrill out of the last few issues of Death Metal because you have to solicit what's coming after, or you have this weird period where an event ends in January, but you don't see the effects of it till April. Yeah. It's the, the flashpoint conundrum. Exactly. That's why I wish, Oh man, I wish solicits could be more secretive. I understand why they're not, but it's a shame. They should just not publish comics again for like three months. Yeah, like like we had in the pandemic. So, so you can read uh, more Marvel comics in the. No, just so you know, Death Metal ends, and then they just don't publish anything. Yeah, and then then they release it all, rather than just having a holding pattern. If they were going to do that, but no, they'll probably solicit it, and we'll know ahead of time. But mm-hmm. if they do like a new Fifty Two or Rebirth style. Uh, you know, like get excited for what's coming. Then I'll be, you know, I'll be all in for that. Do you guys yeah. remember when? I guess it was around the brightest day era. So was that like 2010 ish time when like every other Marvel or DC solicit would just be the logo of the company and say like redacted. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I yep. feel like. There's no reason to solicit that because people aren't going to buy a comic based on redacted, right? But it just gave you this sense of, like, new stuff coming, and I feel like we don't get any of that mystery anymore. Or even, like, speaking of Bendis, when Bendis's was it the, the second new Avengers relaunch happened? And they were revealing, like, a character a day. They would show the oh, silhouette. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like just stuff mm-hmm. like that is so fun to... Get people excited about things, and we don't do that stuff at all anymore. Yeah, I don't know if it pays. Maybe it doesn't pay off sales wise. Maybe I mean, surely somebody's figured that out. But yeah, Marvel did do it recently with the Hellions book. Oh, they that's did. true. That's yes, 
Yeah, but that book's bad, so... Um, so there's been one issue. <laughs> it's reverse Trinity. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be great from this point on. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I just kind of wish, like, if whatever comes after Death Metal is gonna be this big momentous new status quo or whatever, I, I kind of wish we would just get like solicits that include a cover that has art, but maybe anything that like anything that's too much of a spoiler is like blacked out or something. And then you get like creative teams, but no, but no like solicit text until after death metals over. That would be like the ideal compromise to me, but they would never do that because like people got to know broken. Right, and people got to know Deadshot's dying three months before it happens. Yep. So, right. yeah. Otherwise, they otherwise they might not buy a book or something. I mean, I, I, think, I think there's a way to do death metal. I'm sorry, do the post death metal in a way that that goes maybe a little bit further than what you want them to do, Vince. But like, mm-hmm. so let's say. Let's say after Death Metal, everything is relaunching from number one, okay? You could have Superman number one, you know, Tom Taylor and, uh, you know, Fernando Blanco, and then, like, an image and one, like, one sentence. Like, just... No plot, just like, you know, uh, you know, Superman's back and shit's real or whatever. Just like, mm-hmm. but, but just, 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 just do the broadest of strokes without redacting anything, but don't tell us how we got there. Let death metal tell you how you get there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Well, I guess that does it for tonight. Um, this was fun. It was we'll, very fun. We'll I actually, Vince made me like reading new comics. Good job. I was going <laughs> to yes! say, I'm shocked I yes! enjoyed some new comics this week, but thank you, Vincey. Yes! Um, next week, I believe... is. Oh, it... God, are we doing next week's comics? <laughs> no, no, we're not. No, we're doing <laughs> no, not. We're not. Don't pull up comic list. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one time I already have it up. <laughs> do you really already have it up? I do, yes. Well, we're not doing that, so... Uh... No, but Death, but Death Metal 2 is coming out, so... Yeah, so... Oh, da- oh are we going to do that? <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll do a spotlight okay. on Death Metal 2 for next week. Um, but we're also going to be doing... Um, next week is Day of Judgment. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> I gotta get reading. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you need to get in touch with two-thirds of us, uh, Zach and I are on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs a Nap. And I'm at Wilker Fox. If you need to find Vince, he is on the DC Comics subreddit, just trashing the shit out of Brian Bendis. No. No, I love Brian. I know you do, buddy. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. I'm so excited for Tennis Wars, guys. Yeah, I know you are. I haven't thought about it once. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will gladly read it. I'm excited. In theory, I'm excited about it. I have literally not thought about it once.
<laughs> Man, who hates comics the most here? I don't know. <laughs> no, I I like them the most. Well, that that's never been in question. <laughs> never in question. 